Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. I'm Bruto. He's Jesse. We're talking today as we kind of continue through Gary Bettman's presser this week of mm-hmm. all of the stuff going on in and around the NHL. Events in the NHL, or not necessarily in the NHL, around the NHL yeah. is, is probably a better way to put it. What can the NHL do with them? Should they do more of them? How can they best make these things not just improve themselves in the game, but I think make the game a little bit more global Yeah, because this is something we've talked about a little bit before, but the NHL has never been more global than it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still very Canadian, of course, at the top, but we've seen, I believe it was either this year or last year that for the first time in its history, the NHL is actually less than 50% Canadian, even if they're still the most. Wow. Well, really? I haven't seen that. Stat. Yeah. That's shocking. So, it would be interesting to see some of this. I, I want to start with what we do know. They announced some events for sure, that being the outdoor game in Seattle, the Heritage Classic outdoor game in Edmonton, uh, as well as some preseason games that are over in Europe. Arizona's doing one in Australia. Australia. Yep. Yeah. So let's let's start here because I I have a couple of issues with doing these events in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I know some people don't want to hear this, but preseason games kind of suck. They're not great hockey. They're not super interesting. I understand. The first period of the first one is always really exciting. And then you're like, oh. There's five more of these. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, can we just skip to the regular season? Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't think it's a great use of, of something like that. I do understand. Look, traveling to Australia is not something super easy to do. It's a little bit easier to get away with that. That is the one of these trips that I agree with it being preseason. All the other ones, I'm with you. Sure. And and we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Obviously, the thing on everyone's mind is it's already in the chat. World Cup of Hockey and Olympics. Bettman said he would like to have both of those things. Would like to bring the World Cup of Hockey back and would like to get players going back to the Olympics. Yep. The Olympics one seems pretty feasible. They were going to do this with the last one. Obviously, COVID COVID issues prevented that. Let me ask you this. Is there room for the World Cup of Hockey if players are also going to the Olympics? And then you also have things like the IIHF World Championships. I mean, the World Championships suck. Like, hockey hockey fans don't even watch the World Championships. I agree. So here's, here's my thing. <clears throat> you mentioned a minute ago that, you know, the game is more global than it's been. Yeah. So this is where I'm at with it. We see every four years the way that the U.S. rallies around men's and women's yep. soccer teams at the World Cup. You know, For their big event. Right, yep. right. That, to me, is something that I really do think the NHL should be focusing on is growing the game's popularity here in the U.S., through international Big events like that events okay. competition sure. things like that um that was one thing because i i i did a just a little bit of talking to people earlier in this year about growth of the game and yeah. how do you think they can do it and what's the best way um and i mean there's a lot of ideas out there there's a lot of cool ideas but one of the things that i had someone talk to me about that i thought was interesting from the from the perspective was like Basically what he said was, yeah, 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 let's, let's grow it internationally, but like, let's take care of our own backyard first. Sure. Like the U S is, uh, you know, I talked about it on a show last week with Megan, the, 
NHL only has 26 or 27, 26 26 US markets or is it 25? It's 25 or 26. I forget. It's, are there six or seven Canadian teams that I actually actually, actually counted on? Yeah. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa? Ottawa. So that'd be six. six. So, so 26. 26. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got there. Um, <laughs> and you know, you have you have some massive markets in the US that just don't consume hockey as a product. They don't watch yep. the NHL. Don't even think about it. Right. Yep. So I, I think the NHL needs to start there. This is a, a North American based league. Hockey is wildly popular in parts of Europe, Scandinavian countries, yep. things like yep. that. Um, I mean, look at the, you say the U S certainly doesn't care about the world championships, but right. Latvia got a bronze medal and the whole country lost their mind. Right. They so, showed up to the airport to like yeah. welcome them home. <laughs> yeah. So like it, it, hockey is big in some of these other areas. So where I'm going with all of this is I really do think the ideal formula for the NHL is Olympics and world cup. And you do them in offsetting four year rotations. So you essentially get a best on best international competition every two years every two years and that to me is a way that you can put your best players on display you can get them in best on best competition where they want to win and you can do it at a time you know i know the olympics is it right in the middle of the season that is an issue with it um but do the world cup the way that you did it last time do it in the off season have the nhl be part of it so that they have a hand in the events. The owners feel a little bit better because they're getting some money for their players being there and, and really market it as international play, international competition. These are the best players from each country. And I think that can be how you start to just generate a, you know, more buzz everywhere. Can you imagine if Latvia were to go on a yeah, run like that right. in a best on best? I think it'd be a lot harder for them, <laughs> but it would be virtually impossible. <laughs> but you know, you, you open the door. We talk about it all the time. Hockey is the least predictable sport it's of true. the major four. You get one good goaltender, right? That's in, it's more true in hockey than any other sport. The any given night. Yeah. It's more true in hockey than, than anything else. I think that's how you do it. That's how you start generating the buzz. It takes care of it in your own backyard but it also has the international reach. So <clears throat> what if, and I understand why they're not going to do this, why they wouldn't, because what we know of the World Cup of Hockey, the one time they actually did it, yep. some of the favorite parts of it were the under-23 North American team. Yep. You got a team Europe instead of specific countries. Yeah. But what if instead of being a World Cup of Hockey, if they just moved the World Championship back three months, so instead of it happening in the middle of the NHL playoffs, it yeah. happened in the off season. Yeah, it's hard because I feel like I would ideally want the world championships to be. How far back did you say to push them? I, I threw three months out there, but in the summer, I'll say, I'll say I'd want them in like August. Sure. That's fine. That way it gives the season a month to be shut down. But the players aren't just going, going, right, going, going. Right. And yeah. then you can you can play out the entire tournament and then everyone gets like two to three weeks before camp start opening. Yeah. That would be my ideal. And, and I mean, look, if you wanted to make it the world championships, I just think the NHL would have to tie, marry themselves a lot more closely to double IHF. They would have to, for sure. 
And that's part of why I think they did it the way that they did it before was because, again, the, the, the reason that owners, NHL owners push back on best on best is because they don't want their players at risk for no benefit to them. So if the NHL could find a way to put on or be part of a best on best competition, it's just money gets kicked back to the owners. There's money to the league. There's just more incentive for them to want to do it, which is part of the reason why it's so surprising. They did it once. It was wildly successful. And then they just punched Stop it off. Right. I, I, I still don't get why to this day. I, they say they want to bring it back. So they should. I, I think it's a great event. Obviously, you know, everyone loved the first one. So those team North America jerseys are maybe my favorite oh, hockey amazing. jerseys of they're all amazing. time, dude. Everyone. It, it was easy because they had an unbelievable core of under 23 mm-hmm. players, but it's not like they don't have another one coming right now with guys like Bedard. Right. Well, and, and it was, it was also what's so funny about that under 23 North American team was when they got that team put together, I remember the narrative was like, yeah, there's a lot of really good young kids on there, but like they won't be able to handle the physicality and the this and that. And that was one of the most exciting hockey teams I've ever seen in my life. And they, they have, again, Bedard, Trevor Zegras would be on that team. You yep. could throw Bowen Byram on the back end. Yep. Guys like Jamie Drysdale out of Anaheim. There's just a ton of good names that every every couple years, the, yep. the crop of 23 and under kids, there's a bunch of really good names you could use. Yeah, Nyes, Logan yep. Cooley. Yep. I mean, all those kids could go. Yep. It'd be it'd be fun. I I know there were earlier talks in the year about this where the, the teams would be a little different. I think instead of Team Europe, they were going to do like a – Central European team which, which, or something like I, that. I do like, I hope that if they bring it back, I hope they do some version of the team Europe because that is the one thing about it in best on best. Yeah. Latvia. They can't really Slovenia, compete. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like they just get yep. smoked. Yep. Or Slovakia. Which one is it? That Kopitar is from. Slovakia. Right? It's like him and then a bunch of SHL dudes. <laughs> yeah. That'd be Slovakia. There's a handful of like Czech guys, mm-hmm. but not enough to really field like a whole roster. Not, not enough to compete with the U.S., Canada, Finland, yeah, Sweden. Right. And then I guess the one other thing that does throw a wrench into all of this is what do you do with Russia? Yeah, obviously much larger geopolitical issues right, there. Right, right. And, and I don't know, maybe that's one of the reasons why they're a little gun shy about doing any uh, yeah. you know, international best on best stuff right now is because it's like, are you going to be the first organization to let Russia back into compete? Like, I don't think the NHL wants that. The other side of this, uh, let's assume World Cup happens. It is best on best. Yep. You're an NHL player. Mm-hmm. What's more important to you, the Olympics or the World Cup? So I think it depends on what they end up doing at the Olympics because there was a comment at the very beginning of this, but I was going to bring it up. It, it's so upsetting that we're this far into their careers and Nathan McKinnon, never had a chance. Austin Matthews, yeah. Connor McDavid, outside of that first World Cup where they all played on Team North America. So yeah. it wasn't truly, you know, they weren't with their respective countries. Yep. Uh, like those who have never played in the best on best. They've never played in an Olympics. So if, if, we get the world cup of hockey and they say, yeah, it's going to be hard for us to ever get back to the Olympics or at least for a long time. Well, then I do think that that would mean make some more importance to right. Right. Almost the same as an Olympic gold, because this is the only 
like event that yeah. you have. Yeah. But I think if you bring back the Olympics, I, I, I do just think that that is what players want. want. Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy tell me once Canadian uh, kid say yeah. that in Canada, when you talk amongst like young kids, they talk about winning a Stanley cup and winning an Olympic gold medal. And that to some of them winning an Olympic gold medal means even more because you do it as a representative of Canada. And so sure. It, I know that in other parts of the world, winning as a representative of your country is a huge deal. Oh yeah. It's a huge deal. They have mad, it, let's be honest. It's a huge deal in America. Yeah. Every two years, America goes crazy for the Olympics. And, and that's the part that again is just, it's, it's weird and it's upsetting as a hockey fan. Like that they, we the, don't have that well, right and, now. And, yeah. and I, I just feel like it's partially because the people that they put in charge of some of these past team USA teams have made just stinker rosters. Not wrong. But. Um, but I just feel like there's never been that buzz around international best on best for hockey. And it's because I just don't think they have done a good enough job of giving it an opportunity yeah, to be yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. It's, it, it's tough. And, and obviously the last handful of years, even diehard hockey fans have gone, Oh, well the America and Canada are icing AHL rosters at the Olympics. Right, Who right, cares? Right, right. no, the fault the, of the players. The, but. the biggest kind of like hype that I see people get on Team USA for hockey is the women's. Oh, for sure. It's it's, it's the the US and Canada matchups are the ones that actually best on best. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and so those those are the only games where I've seen like genuine buzz from people that you know casual fans, non hockey fans, yep. and it's always because they go on deep, exciting runs. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't get why the NHL doesn't look at that and be like, well, if we take our best U.S. players, not three lines of grinders, yep. we take our best American hockey players, like it, genuinely, as we continue to talk to this, this, the U.S. might be the market that they need to grow the most. You're not wrong. I do want to talk more about that. But look, if golf can figure it out, if they can have an Olympic tournament. Well, I thought you were going to go down the live... And that, PGA that's thing. a whole like, other monster. Yeah. Would we like to talk about geopolitical <laughs> things today? No, I'm talking about the Olympics, but it doesn't matter. Live PGA, I guess it's one entity now. You want to look good on the golf course. Look like the pros with pins and aces, the DNVR official golf apparel merchandiser. You can get whatever you need, whether it be t-shirts, polos, long sleeve shirts, button ups. Uh, they got even like rain jackets and stuff. So they've got you fully covered for any weather on the golf course. Go check them out at pinsandaces.com today. Use the DNVR code when you order to get 10% off your order. Uh, they have amazing hats as well. All sorts of cool stuff. You can throw the liquor stick in your bag. You can serve people drinks on the golf course while you're going around and then everyone in your foursome will be your friend. It's a great way to go. Pinsandaces.com today. Use the DNVR code. And then, I mean, I, I, lots of people smoke weed on the golf course, right? That's a thing that people mm -hmm. do. So either bring it to the golf course with you or do it after or do it before. Do it with kind love. They're one of the first dispensaries in Colorado. They've been around since 2010. They've been known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in 
Colorado. So they always give a consistent, great experience. Uh, when you're high on kind love, you get quality, integrity, consistency, variety, and safety. It's what they're all about. Uh, they have authentic genetics. They grow their own stuff, of course. Uh, fully integrated all the way. I, is it farm to table? Would you call a weed grow a farm? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, there you go. Definitely. Farm to table then. Go get your farm to table weed. Tons of amazing products, including their new industry standard, the Turbo Core. It's a 100 milligram stick that looks exactly like a toothpick of full spectrum cannabis concentrate designed with a pointed tip so you can easily slide it into any joint, blunt, or cigarette to instantly infuse it with your weed. Go check them out today. Get your Kind Love products at Kind Love. Uh, you can visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek, North Denver, uh, and mention DNVR to get a 25% discount off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their Turbo Joint line. You can also order online at kindlove.com. Did you guys get your goodie bags yet? I didn't get anything because mm -hmm. I don't really smoke very often. This guy. Did you get... Oh. I, not yet. I, I, so, I had to come running in here after raging in the car in traffic. I had to run into the studio. So. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't want to get the weed first. Um, <laughs> like, so maybe I should have. Kind Love hooked, hooked us up like really? crazy. So they didn't really go with like the products that we put on the thing. They just gave us a bag, probably $200 worth of stuff. Jeez. See, like, that's. Yeah. And for people who actually smoke weed, I'm sure it's great. But for me, I go in there and I'm like, I, my tolerance is zero. Give me like swag, like I used to buy in high school. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, why would you, why would you make all, why would you make the effort to go in there and then ask for that? Hey, just give me the worst thing you have. They, so they I, gave us some swag. So I don't take two you, puffs. Jesse will give you like, his swag. Get on the moon. Yes, I gotta, dude. I gotta be able to handle myself a little um, bit. Hold on, I, I had a thought while you were doing that read. Okay. What were we talking about right before? Oh, there are seven Canadians. Yeah, I, we missed one. I, you know who I, we missed? I think I counted all seven, and then I... No, we missed Montreal. I thought I said Montreal really? and just didn't count it See, like when an I, idiot. When I yeah. went through and double-checked that, I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't remember him saying Montreal. Maybe he did, and I just wasn't listening. Well, I, I, I thought I said seven, and then I said, oh, well, there's six. So. Six fingers <laughs> up, so I guess that's it. <laughs> uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're talking events, and I wanted to move into... Two things here. One, in-season events. There are two, three things that the NHL really do. They do outdoor games. Yep. They've started doing the Global Series. And then, of course, they have the All-Star Game. We've talked about the All-Star Game to no end. We do it every year. Yep. I don't think we need to get into that a ton again. Outdoor Games and the Global Series. I want to start with the Global Series because the Avs had one last year. Yep. If the NHL is going to do stuff like this, they need to do a better job of promoting it. They need to do a better job of promoting it, and they got to find a way that works better. I talked to players from both teams, staff from both teams, said it was tough. Yeah. It was tough the way that they did it. And, you know, we saw it two years in a row um, where the abs, because they were supposed to do go on the trip in 2021. That got canceled. They yeah. got canceled. And so we just saw the seven-day break, two games back-to-back, seven-day break. Yep. And I was just told, remember, when, like, there has to be a better way to do it. And I actually think maybe they are doing it better. somewhat this way this year, where I really do think that you should send four teams. 
have each team play three games. You play one game against each team. You could do it in maybe neighboring cities or all at the same arena, but have them go out there and play, you know, maybe even send, you know, you play one team twice and the other two teams once, like get a full week of game ins, like games in, like let them get there, let them acclimate, let them play for a week and then let them come home. So I actually thought about this a lot because I knew we were going to be talking about this last nice. night. Hell yeah. And I wasn't necessarily a European global series thing for me, mm-hmm. but I was going to ask you about should the NHL do in-season tournaments like you see in college hockey, the bean pot, yeah. things like that. And if you combine these two things, forget four teams, send a whole division. Sure. Send uh, all eight uh, teams from a division. I, I would be in for that right there. So I don't mean to cut no, you no, mid-idea. Go, go ahead. But I was just going to say, I, I I like that. So, and you maybe don't have to, yeah, like actually award anything at the end of it. But I love that idea. Send eight teams yep. and let them go play for a week. Now, here's the issue. You lose out on home games. And the owners would never, ever, ever go uh, for but, that. But again, but. Th- this is where you have to, and I'm going to be talking out of my ass a little bit here because I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I understand the full logistics side of But if the NHL also, wants to grow the right, game globally. Right, right. <laughs> and if you want to grow the game and you want to do that, you got to find some type of rev share model on those global series games with the owners to help incentivize them. The, you know, the league should sell ticketed packages yep. where you can buy everything. They partner with, you know, they well, have... The, the Avs one had a hotel attached to the rink. Right, like. right, right. Like, you know, find, find you know... Use your partnerships that I think they have an official Canadian airline and an official American-based airline. Partner with them. Fans can buy ticket packages. That money goes, you know, depending on which game you're buying tickets to, money goes to the home arenas, things like that. The point is, if they wanted to do it, they could find a way to do it. I don't even think it's that hard besides getting the owners over the home games thing because the league is already set up for this. If you take a whole division, you take all eight teams, you send them out there, you put them in a bracket of eight teams. All the winners move on to the semifinals. All the losers play each other. Each team plays three what, what, games total. What, what, oh, keep going. It doesn't matter who they play because the league is already set up where you play some teams in your division four times. You mm-hmm. play some five. Whichever teams you end up playing in Europe, those are the teams you play five. I, Done. I, I think you could honestly even just do it the way that they do the rookie tournaments. I call it a tournament. Just but play everyone right, once. Right. It's yeah. just kind of go out there and play everyone. Get to be out there for, you know, a week However to 10 days. However long it takes, yeah. You know, actually playing. Yep. And then that way it makes the travel in the beginning and, and end a little bit better. If you're doing games like in the same city, you can sneak in a couple back-to-backs there. So those teams actually come back like a little bit ahead on the schedule of everyone else so who's just playing your local. So that time off is equalizing right. it, yeah. Right, so you're not having to cram all kinds of games into the back half of the schedule. Um, yeah. I like that idea. For me, I would say just schedule it and play every team once, or you know, maybe you don't even play every single team, but you play five of you know sure. the six enough other teams, teams for it to be worth right, it. Right, right. Yeah. I actually like that idea. Again, you figure out some type of rev share model, find some way to incentivize fans, do the games in cities that are easy to get to, relatively yeah. easy to get to. I know the. Global Series game was originally supposed to be played in Helsinki. Yeah. Then again, geopolitical conflicts yep. coming up all over the yep. pod, the pod today. There were some issues there, so they had to move it to Tempore. Relatively easy to get to from Helsinki. Quick little ninety minute train ride, but put the game somewhere 
you land are, in the airport, you drive to right, the, the right. place you're there. Yeah. The NFL goes to London every year. Yep. You only get eight home games if you're a, an NFL team. Yep. So they're willing to sacrifice one of those, but they put it in a major city in, in Europe. You, like you said, you get to London Heathrow Airport and you leave from there. You go to find the, the stadium. Do some stuff like that. Put it either in places. Would you Would you like it to be in a place that is already a big hockey market or do you think having it somewhere like London so I would be interesting I love the idea of London because I think the UK is actually a bigger hockey market than people think mm -hmm. but I think they should be targeting places like pick a city in Germany yeah look at the countries that are on the upswing yeah that's a good call Finland's already huge in hockey right. Sweden's already huge in hockey you should reward that to some extent mm -hmm. but if you're talking about a big event with eight teams something like that showcase yourself in a country that is just starting to understand this well, level of hockey. And it gives you even the opportunity if you wanted. And again, this is way down the road, but it gives you the opportunity to do a game in Finland and yep. do a game in Sweden Yep, and then do a game in Norway. Cause they're sure. all within two to three yeah, hours. It's of a not a ride. hard travel for right, you. Exactly. Right. And, and so again, maybe you don't even want to do it that way. Maybe you just want to play all the games in London, but Committing to a longer-term commitment for those types of Global Series games opens that door for Yeah, you. exactly. And, you know, again, I don't see it happening because of the owners, but I agree. if Bettman one day said, we're doing it, deal with it, it would be pretty fun. Again, if they wanted to find a way to do it and make the money work for everybody, they could. I, I wanted to expand on this idea a little bit more. As you were talking about earlier, North America might be the biggest place they can grow the game. Would you consider doing this again? You can take the whole division, throw the central division in Kansas city. Oh, sure. Have them play it in a city. That's a prospective expansion, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I understand there's going to be limitations on, you need a building to play in and things like so you that. You know where I think they should do shit like this preseason. Sure. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think each team should play one preseason game in their building. But if you're going to force everyone to sit through five preseason games, do them in unique you, you locations. You can take the Metro to Hartford if they want to yep. go back there or, yep. or go the Atlanta can go down to Atlanta. Yep. There's so many opportunities to, to get hockey into markets that you're considering. And, and not just for single games. Cause I, I actually love the craft hockey bill thing that they yeah, do. Yeah. But, but again, it's like, it's one game. You know, they're usually not televised. Yep. You got, a, you know, 1,500 people that you can fit in there, and that's part of it. But, like, th that's my issue with a lot of this stuff is it's just the execution on so much of it just feels very half-baked. And and that's not meant to be a shot because I know people at the NHL, the, the event teams work extremely hard I, to put those events this, together. It's way more on the advertisement side correct the problem i agree is. yep and, and and it's just one of those like arm them better with better events like give them more to yep. be yep you know the, the, a reason I, to get hype about right it. Yeah. right I, I think outdoor games are a great example they go to unbelievable lengths to make to transform those stadiums and it's like all right one game we're done yep okay i guess oh but the local high school teams are playing here it's like 
That's not cool for anyone but the local right. high school team. There's 30 parents that showed right, up to watch right, that game. Right, are they right. the only people who care about right. that? Right. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm honestly even... I really like the outdoor game still. I love the concept I, of an outdoor I game. I don't. I don't. And, and I get why I'm not even like argue with you because I know... I, I get it. They, 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 it feels like it's run its course. What I really thought they should have done coming out of COVID, I thought there was a massive opportunity for the NHL to capture a market and a time of year that is completely unclaimed right now. I thought the NHL should have adjusted their season and kicked it off on New Year's Day. Yep. January 1, and the first game of the season is an outdoor game. It's the Winter Classic. Big venue. Started at midnight. Right. Um, Why not? That would be sick. (laughs) Marquee teams, and that's the first game. And then you get an entire... That game kicks it off at... 11 yep. noon Eastern. And then you play the entire day, Just all 32 teams, 14 straight hours of hockey. Seriously, yeah. That's how you kick off the season. Then you run it January through September yep. and you own the summer. Yep. Your playoffs, you, you have a, uh, you know, the, the playoff stretch run at the end of the season is coming right when the NBA finals finish. Yep. And then the Stanley cup playoffs only have to compete with baseball. You, you would have to, Get it done quick because I think the NHL probably loses if they're competing with the baseball playoffs, which start. Well, they run through September, right? Yeah. So, so you're ending your playoffs right when NFL is starting, yeah, and mean, right that, when the MLB that playoffs is nine are months. Like it yeah. really should fit. I don't hate that. And and that was a way that I thought you could recapture some of the magic of an outdoor game because then it's one a year. It's one a year, well, and, and it's a big deal. And that's that's the thing for me. If it was one a year, I think I'd think it's probably still cool, but. I, I even, I do like, and I, uh, I'll give them credit here because we've been shitting on the NHL and their marketing for <laughs> an hour. I'll give them a little bit of credit because I, I understood why the stadium series was started because they said we want to get yeah, initially, more, it was awesome. more markets. What I think if, you know, obviously them, they're not going to do what I just laid out. That's a <laughs> seismic shift in the <laughs> landscape Please. of the NHL. But what I do think they should do is it should be a winter classic and there should be one stadium series game. I'd be fine with that. And also, like, use other teams. We don't need Chicago for the right. ninth time. It's, it's why I love next year's Winter Classic. Yeah. Seattle, yeah, Vegas, I in think Seattle. Great. I think I that's think fantastic. Great. Right. That's That was the shittiest part of all the shitty parts of the draft lottery. That was the worst. Was the realization that's like, I guess we got they're gonna nine, get nine more, more Chicago yeah. outdoor games yeah. on, the, on the schedule. Yep. And so, you know, that, I agree with you. Get other teams involved. Do neutral sites. Yes. Because that's yes, that's been the, the argument. Because everyone has wanted to see Tampa, Florida. And I've actually heard that the league wants to do Tampa, Florida. Yep. But you can't do it in Florida. You can't do it in Florida. <laughs> Put that in a neutral site. Yep. Uh, same go. You have problems with buildings in some of these expansion cities. They've all got baseball stadiums. Right, go throw right. it in one of those. Right, right. Seriously, a prospective expansion city, Salt Lake. Perfect. Yeah. Do it in Salt Lake. I guess they don't have a baseball team but they, they have, have a minor league team well and they have a soccer stadium yeah like see yesterday we solved the abs problems now we're, <laughs> now we're just on to the nhl <laughs> marketing <laughs> this is going great this is two days of great show hopefully well, the nhl is listening for we do, free for free yeah we didn't even charge them for right. this this is normally comes with a consulting fee we do need to make our money though and i'm about to solve another problem for you Ooh, all right you're staring into the sun on your commute, like I do, because I decided to live on the wrong side of the city yep. from where I work. Yep. 
Shady Rays, they got you covered. You won't be blind driving down the highway with Shady Rays. You can go get your glasses at ShadyRays.com. They got all sorts of different types, shapes, sizes. They'll make you look good no matter what size head you have. Like my head, very, very small. I have a very small head, it turns out. Uh, They still have pairs that fit me, uh, whereas other sunglasses, I have to get like the child sizes to fit me. Really? My head's not that small. It's really, my head is very tiny. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, this... Might come off an insult. <laughs> you don't look like you have a small head. I, I, it's, it's all the hair. Okay, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go check them out. Uh, you can use code DNVR when you purchase from Shady Rays. You get two pairs or more, you get 50% off your entire order. That's basically buy one, get one free for sunglasses. And the first 30 days, you break them, they'll replace them. You don't like them, send them back. They'll send you a different pair you can try out. You lose them, let them know. They'll send you another pair. They take care of you over at Shady Rays. Uh, again, use the DNVR code. If you're local, they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall or go to ShadyRays.com. And then hit up FOCO. Get yourself some fantastic sports merchandise. Don't think Avs merchandise is particularly popular at this moment in time, but yep. you might uh, you might not be too many days away from some Nuggets championship merch coming into FOCO.com. Good game last night. So, looked good. Uh, the Nuggets looked yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can check them out at foco.com. You can use the DNVR code to get 10% off your order with them. They got bobbleheads. They got licensed apparel. So if you want like actually licensed shirts, you can do that through Foco jerseys and stuff, of course, too. Uh, go check them out. Foco.com. Use the DNVR code. Get your merch. Get your get your place looking good. I don't, do we have any in this? Yeah, there's a couple yeah, of bobbleheads yeah, back, back there. there. Yeah. yeah. I like the Miles, the parade one. That's a fun one. They're on the bottom shelf. I... Don't think Miles is a good mascot. So I didn't say that he was. I said, like, you just I like, like the, the bobblehead. Fair, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, replace him with anyone anyone that you like. And I'm I'm here for it. It's like the parade float concept. Yep. It's a good one. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We have to start with this most recent yep. comment because if people are still thinking that hockey games are boring because they're finishing two to one, hasn't watched the NHL in the last two years. The scoring is so up. I, like, I can think of more seven to six games than I can two to one. And I just, this is the, I'm getting old part of me that grew up with the dead puck era. I love two to one hockey games. I do too. I, I, I mean, I think an intense two to one hockey. Game yeah. Is. Obviously if the shots are 12 to 12 and right, it's right. two trapping teams, it's terrible. Right, but, right, 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 right. Like Carolina, New York sucks. Yeah, sure. But like, and not just because it won in the Stanley cup, but like game six, of the cup final last year ended two to one. And that was a, phenomenal hockey the whole way yeah, through yeah, yeah that was an outstanding game but again that's the last two to one game that i can just grab <laughs> off, the off the top of the, my brain other uh, has played a couple one oh games this year that's Did all, they? yeah but see then a shutout's fun though uh, right different entirely <laughs> different kind of fun but but you're you're correct one scoring is way way up in the nhl and and then I, uh, if you've watched any other sport uh, a two one nhl game that's is wild casey 85 times faster than any other sport oh, absolutely. in existence. Well, and then I, I do also, the second comment there from Avery, uh, yep, Th- this is, you know, she says here that people that don't watch hockey, friends that she knows that she talks to, what they think is fun are goalie goals, outdoor games, and lacrosse goals. I agree. I think all, all those, those things, things are, are, fun. In, are yeah. very <laughs> fun in a vacuum. And that's the part where <clears throat> the NHL does need to get better about I know Trevor Zegras is a 
polarizing personality. No, they on the need ice. characters. They, 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 need, they need characters to be marketing him. Him being on yep. the cover of NHL 20, whatever it was, was a great call. I agree. Yes, there are plenty of better players that you could have put in a, in a marketing situation like that, but they need to be marketing players like him. One of the biggest detriments to the NHL growing itself, I truly believe, is the NHL hockey player a style mantra of yep. being a robot in front of the media at all times. It, and <clears throat> there's a part of it that it's, oh, I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> it's why I get annoyed when people talk about hockey culture. Cause when I think of hockey culture, I think of something completely different than what most people are referring to. But where I was going with that, not to get into that conversation <laughs> To me, that, that's a symptom of the hockey culture of the, you don't do anything to take attention away from the team. You know, this is a, you, you can't do it without the other people on the ice, without the other people on your team. And then, that and that then, stuff and can be and true, and you can still right. be a human being in front and, of a camera. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's just the part that is this really weird line to walk, because it's part of what I love about the NHL, is the humility and the team at aspect of it. And, the you know, we don't get here without every single person from the elite superstars down to the fourth line players. You don't get to the, so I love that. And I do love that again, the, the, the humbleness and the humility carries over into a lot of those press conferences. But a guy like Devon Taves is a great example of this where last season we asked him, has it been hard to get up for some of these games yeah. after playing the Stanley yeah. Cup final? He was like, no way. You know, we, we get up the same for every game, whether it's blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, Five Bednar's. Five minutes later, we yeah. asked Jared Bednar. And his answer was no question. <laughs> no question it has been. And it's like, dude, no one's going to judge you for yeah, it. No one's yeah. going to like rip you for that. But the thing, the good news here is I do think this is starting to change a little bit. A little bit. It, I, the Bedard quote where he, makes fun of biz when yeah, they had yeah, him on the yeah. night, I think is a great example I agree. of you're getting these younger bloods in there that are starting to God, it's such a shame where he's going. It's such a shame. Don't, I don't even want to talk about it. dude. I said yesterday in our meeting that my best case scenario, one for the content and two, just in general is that he gets up there and like, he's talked with his, you know, his agent and his family and he's not going to go play for the Hawks. And he puts the Jersey under his arm. That's like my number one. Uh, you won't, you won't be able to stop me Look, from talking about you want, that. You want yeah. to get attention outside of hockey circles? Right. That straight up. Straight <laughs> up, dude. That would be great for the growth of the game if Connor Bedard was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. Uh, $2 from D Grow here who says, I feel new fans have trouble tracking the puck. I <laughs> New fans. It's old fans. It's, this yeah. is a so problem I, the NHL has combated. I, I've talked about this years. a lot. I'm extremely thankful that I grew up watching hockey before HD television yeah. because you didn't have a choice. You never got to see the puck. You just had right. to know how the play was developing. Right, so you knew right. where the puck was going to go right. and you learned to watch hockey that way. See, and, and that's mine comes from same and playing hockey and all that stuff. I can read body language yeah. of guys. Now, again, I don't have this issue anymore. Resolution is good enough. I agree. Being in I, person, I don't have an issue with it. But to your point, Back in the day, before 4K and yep. even HD and all that stuff, you just you had to be able to read. Like I can tell that guy has the puck. Yep. And so I, I'm with you, but it's a legitimate thing. My sister in 2023, my oldest sister, she loves to watch. You know, once yeah, things yeah. get ramped up and stuff, but she really struggles because she just can't keep track of the puck. Yep. My mom, who's been watching hockey my entire life, 
she even talks about like, you know, she watches a lot of abs games. Like, ah, I, I just saw everyone's hands go up. So I knew it went in. And then when I watched the replay, I was able to keep yeah, track of it. Yeah. And then it's always so cute. She gets so hyped. Like if I'll be on the rare occasion these days watching yeah, a game with her. You're here now. <laughs> right, right, right. And like she'll, she'll, you know, the abs will score or whatever. She's like, oh, I, I, saw, I saw that, that one, one the whole way. <laughs> I was able to track that one the whole way. And she's just so excited. And then the That's other thing that does kill me, just because this comment here says potato quality TV, it's mind blowing to me that the blue line cams are still why they should be 4K. I, I, like, I just don't get it with the technology that we have. I should be able to see the fungus inside those right, hockey right, skates. Right, right, <laughs> right. With with the right lighting up just on my phone, right. it's an unbelievable picture. You can zoom in great detail, and it's a multi billion dollar league, yep. and they've got. The 720 720 at best 720. A bit rate of like seven frames a second. Right, right, like. right. It's like, yeah, it's like one of those closed circuit security yeah. cameras. Where it's like, all right, well, here's where it picks up the puck. And then it jumps so and he's on the other side of the line. At night, we just flash a light every <laughs> two seconds. Right, 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 right. And it's like, I guess. <laughs> it's, I, I don't understand that either. But it, this is something that I don't think the NHL can fix. It, it's just something that you have to like teach new fans like, hey, yes, this game is very fast. That's what should allure you about it. Yep. That's what got you into it? No, no, no. So I was going to say, do you think it would be beneficial in these broadcasts that they're doing on um, Disney XD or whatever? Ones the animated stuff? ones sure. If they did do like puck movement and like animated that a little bit more, <laughs> maybe that would kind of at least teach younger fans... At first, and then... So, the way they're doing it already, like, it is easier to see the puck just because of, like, the size of the things they animate. But maybe they should should go full Wayne Gretzky's NHL 99 and make the puck a pizza out there. Yeah. I I liked... There was only one game that I saw this last year where I thought whoever it was had had it dialed up, the Opassi on it, too. Sure. You see it too much. I like the gray streak. Again, again, I, I, when it's, it's when it's not, dialed right, it's not built for me. I, I, I agree. understand. I agree, one hundred percent. What I liked about it was I thought it was subtle enough that it helped you keep track of it. But again, I saw one game this year where it was like that's too dark. It's sure. now distracting. It's yeah. the ones where you can barely see it, but it's like you can see the trail following the puck. I think those are great. I, so, all right, here's here's having thought about. It, here's my problem with the streak. The streak doesn't teach you how to watch hockey. It teaches you how to be behind the play and you're not catching up to it. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Well, and and it's, it's, it's hard because I think that's the best solution we found because the green dot on the puck ESPN used to do was terrible. Nightmare. Here's the other issue. Even with doing something like what you were just talking about, Tiff, of like animating it, it's, it's the issue they constantly run into. It's because the game moves so fast and the puck makes weird movements. Yep. And it, you know, it bounces and it flips and it, you know, it gets stuck along the boards and it's just, it's hard to keep that tracking is, to look it is. clean. It's just difficult. Especially when you combine board ads now, the digitized board ads and things like that. Yeah. It just, it, that's, that's what the issue is with it. And it's also why they've had a really hard time trying to figure out like the microchip sensor thing for when the puck crosses the goal line or blue I, line. I mean, you just put a gyroscope in Right, I was going to say, yeah, it it, it seems easy enough, but I know one of the issues they ran into years ago was those pucks were expensive, and now they're going into the stands. 
Um, the, yeah. These days, not very many end up in the stands, to right, be fair. Right. But uh, on that note, if you've been swallowed by a board ad lately, call Bacchus and Shanker. Who hasn't? <laughs> two, 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 two today. Uh, look, they want to take care of you. They want to make sure you get the money you deserve. If you've been in a car accident, that was not your fault. Even if you weren't driving, if it was a rideshare situation, if you were biking on the road and someone hit you, even if it's not vehicle related, if you were at work and you fell off a ladder when you worked at Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> when you were a teenager because there weren't any safety regulations, that? maybe. Oh, <laughs> Bacchus and Shanker will make sure you get the workers' comp you deserve there. You can call them at the two number. They will give you a free consultation. If they think you have a case, they will take it on for completely free. You pay nothing when you use Bacchus and Shanker until you win your case. So it's like you pay nothing anyway because that was money you just wouldn't have had without right, them. Right. Uh, so true. They're great at what they do. They've been doing it for 25 years. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients in Colorado. Again, I, these are the guys that have been around like when I was growing up watching the ads. I, that I, I said it when I was doing the read last week. I told Megan, I was like, it's so weird because I've heard and seen these ads my entire life. And it's funny to be doing them now. Yep. They, they've been around that long. Does that mean we made it? Is that <laughs> it means a lot of things, Rudo. It means a lot of things about age and where oh, we're God. at. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I would just keep going before this. Before I need Bacchus and Shanker for... <laughs> Your back problem. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Third period of the NBR Avalanche podcast. Uh, overtime, actually. doesn't, you know. Avery playoff beards are maybe my favorite tradition. Yeah, no, hard disagree. One of my favorite hard traditions. Hard disagree. This, yeah. is, this is why Lou Lamorello needs to leave the league immediately. Dude, seriously. <laughs> we got I, Poyle out. Now we, yeah, need, we need to move step, on from Lou. One yeah. step closer. I think it's just funnier when guys can grow a beard, too. Like, no, it's great. These, like, weird little... You watch Kale's, dread. like, yeah. halfway mustache. Totally. And it's mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love the tradition. Meanwhile, Newhook's whole face is a hairy. Bro, Kerfoot. Thank God yeah. he, he never was with the Avs. Yeah. those deep runs. You'd lost him in there. Dude. <laughs> uh, so let me put it to you this way. Are there room for other events in an NHL regular season, mm. postseason, preseason, offseason how much more room can they do unique stuff like this? Or is there an upper limit? Honestly, what I think they need to do, and we talked about this a lot during the season, I think they need to scrap the All-Star game. Yeah, for I, sure. I think you either replace that with just an entirely new event or you just completely reshape the All-Star game so that it's more of a weekend. You can eliminate the game itself. Um and just find a way to showcase the sport and your talent better. Um, that does not include being in sneakers on a beach. Right. <laughs> That's what I really think. I, I don't know if there's room to add any more events, but I think they should replace the all-star game. Okay. So more improving what you have than adding new stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if, if you wanted to add something brand new in place of what you would normally do all-star weekend, sure. I'd be in for that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe the only thing that you could add, but again, it comes back to the gate revenue thing, and that's yeah. what makes stuff is, yeah. is neutral site games. Yep. Um, cool venues. Actually, here's here's what I do think they should do. I think what whether it be you keep the stadium series or not, I would like to see them do games, more games like what they did at Lake Tahoe. Sure. 
in unique locations. Yep. Maybe do what MLB does for the Field of Dreams game where you sure. do 2,500 to 4,000 people depending on the venue. A little bit intimate. Right, exactly. But I think that would be a fun way of doing it. Uh, you know, Times Square, yep. Bellagio Fountains, uh, and then just in, you know, do them up and do one up in Vail. Uh, I don't know. Other landmarks, et cetera, et it would, cetera. Uh, it would be fun to actually do what Belmar thought it was and do games on a lake. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd have to... Wouldn't be Lake Tahoe, of the course. The logistics would be, yeah. It'd have to be a winter game in, like, Minnesota or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. but I, I mean, really, <clears throat> do something like that. Yeah. Like, that's what I think they could do where it's... I, I've had more non-hockey fan friends say to me, and I mean, I don't have a lot of non-hockey fan friends, <laughs> but like say like, wow, the, the, the shots from that Lake Tahoe Beautiful. game looked awesome. Yeah, that looks yeah. so cool. I've got a really cool picture in, uh, one of our rooms back at my house of just the setting at Lake Tahoe. And it's all, it always gets a comment from people. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What was that? Oh my yeah, gosh. They yeah. played an NHL game and blah, blah, blah. I think they should do more shit like that. Just all the time, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, there wouldn't be enough room if you kept all the people there. You could make enough room. It just costs you roughly one billion dollars. Right, costs yeah. a lot, <laughs> but you could absolutely do it. Or Central Park—that's a great one. Central Park in New York, yep. I, like really stuff like that. I, I, I do think. To me, I think that would be awesome. I, I think it would. You'd put butts in seats, and you'd get people to tune in, and you could make them more. What was great about the Lake Tahoe thing was. It was a made-for-TV event. Totally. So the camera angles were good. Yep. And that's the one big drawback of outdoor games as they are now is camera angles are terrible. Right. They're, they're, they're stadium games are made for the in-person experience. Mm -hmm. I think they need to embrace more made-for-TV stuff. I, I am all for this. I do, love... This is a me take. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do, do more... Do more outdoor games, fewer at stadiums. Sold. And I'm in. Yeah. Because then you could do them. You, 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 you still have the home game thing. Because yep. if you do one in Vail, that's an avalanche totally. home game. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's actually, I completely take back what I said in terms of no room for new <laughs> There's events. There's a million more. <laughs> this, this is what they should do. This and best on best international tournaments, call it good. One more thing, not really an event, but... The NHL has to have discovered that they're just printing money with this. More jerseys? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Lake Placid would be another good one. Do a game up one. Lake yeah, that'd be an amazing um, one. Changing the warm-up jersey policy in general. Yeah. And like just wear the hockey fights cancer jerseys that, in that's, a game. That's, that's, that one that my, that's one of my biggest things. I, and I've never understood. I remember when they first, first started doing that, you know, 10 plus years ago. Yeah. We're being like, oh, that's cool. You know, they're going to wear a whatever and then they for a come game. out in their normal jersey right, right. and you're like wait what what's even worse is the special edition jersey normal socks yeah and what i also don't get is only one team wears it yep it's like the vis if, if it's hockey fights cancer night the visiting team should also be wearing they can wear what, white and right, purple right, yeah. Right. yeah or i mean honestly if you're just gonna wear them for warm-ups everyone should wear the same thing like there's yep. there's so many flaws with the jersey thing and they all blew up in the nhl's face this last year and it's like well maybe this will teach you guys that you need to have just better guidelines around these types of situations because well, the 
you've watched every other league. Yes, the NHL did the reverse retro thing. They added one jersey with a preset schedule. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a very limited yeah, preset. Meanwhile, schedule. NBA teams have seven jerseys right. and like they earn jerseys for making it to the playoffs and all this right. crazy stuff. The MLB's doing their city connect. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much room for more jerseys. The NFL has color rush. The NHL fan base is one of the wealthiest fan bases of the mm-hmm, major sports. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. free money for the NHL to just have every team just do unique custom jerseys. I, I don't understand. So will you put up Avery's comment here about the Fanatics jersey deal? Here's what I've learned about this. Fanatics currently makes every jersey that is manufactured in the NHL. On-ice, game-worn, yep. authentic, and replica. So the reason they did this, because I had to do some digging when this deal first came out. Cause I was like, why would they be the first major league to d- do fanatics? Cause they kind of already were. And yeah. it's because they already are. And and it's essentially the first now four years of the deal, three years of the deal. They're, yeah. they're they literally, they're not allowed to change any of the specs. Yep. So the Jersey you buy next year, the only difference between the Jersey you buy next year, and the Jersey you buy this, this past season is the branding the logo, logo yeah. on the back. I, now I Call will it. say, I think their replica jerseys aren't the best. I fully agree with that. Fully but, agree with that. But I give them credit because they brought down the price of an authentic jersey by a lot. They'd have, for sure. I, you know, you're not paying 400 bucks for a jersey anymore. Like but. you used to. But I do agree with you. Fanatics, the, the replica ones are tough. They're tough. Yeah, I. we don't need to get into the business side of Fanatics. I don't really want to do yeah, that yeah. on this but, show. So. But th- th- it is going to be interesting because, you know, Avery said that that deal is going to kill jersey sales, and it's going to be interesting because it just might. Yep. But what's so funny, or I don't know, it won't kill it, to your point. Hockey go, fans yeah. are always going to buy hockey jerseys. But it's just going to be interesting to see how much people are scared off by the F logo instead of the Adidas logo when they will literally spec for spec be the exact yeah. same jersey for at least the next three years i i just don't like I, it could definitely hurt sales but i don't if the avs announced tomorrow that their re- reverse retro for next year was a home nordiques mm-hmm. the things would sell out in 15 minutes right so like right. or <sighs> yeah dude the, the the nhl does need to embrace jerseys and stuff like that because i know like i know aj gets all annoyed at jerseys but like it is a fun thing and it's easy cash I did. As far as revenue is concerned, it's free money. It's for the free NHL. money, yeah. dude. And like, I don't know. I, I think it's fun to see the different designs. Like, I think they've had some of the two reverse retro batches. I think there's been some great ones. And some hideous I ones. I think there's been some really bad ones. <laughs> uh, and there's been some where it's like, that should be the team's full-time. <laughs> like, uh, I loved Vegas's black one this year. Mostly because I, I, I hate they use the gray. I I. So I, I actually I hate that they use the gold now. I refuse homes. to buy a Vegas jersey until they release the jersey that's just a black jersey with a starry sky and the neon pink knights with an Dude, N. Dude, yes. Like, wow, I love that. The second they release that jersey, I'll stop hating Vegas. Yes. <laughs> you want the cap to go up, sell some new jerseys. I agree. That, yeah. Seriously, that's... Part that, of, that's 70 million. They're still short of the COVID stuff. It'd be gone if right. they released a bunch more jerseys. Dude, <laughs> It would be gone had they just done a second print of the Nordiques. Honestly, list. probably. <laughs> that was one of the biggest fumbles I've ever seen in my life in yep. terms of how that was handled. They did a pre-sale 
But what they didn't say is this is going to be yep, your only window to get them. That's it. Forever. If you don't pre-order it, you will never be able to get your hands on one from the manufacturer. That was uh, th- that was the best-selling jersey that year, and they made them once. Yep. That's Just brutal. Dumb. Just dumb. Anyway, I'm good. Anything else you want to add, Jesse? No, I'm good. All right, we're gonna get. I have one idea. I have one idea to add to the All Star game. Fire away! So I think we should take Sidney Crosby and Sarah Nurse, make them team captains, and do a uh, co league. I'm I'm all for and do like yeah, 100. percent Bring the women's all stars. Oh, co ed league. Yeah, 100. Yeah, co league. I was like, you, you get them all. Yeah. Get all <laughs> the leagues together. Anyone who wants to come, you can get the AHL in there too. Yep, I uh, agree. Do the draft, but they all have to do five shots of tequila before. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> See, I, I think, yeah, it, it should be NHL, the nine women's leagues, I'm sure. <laughs> By the time we finish this pod, another one will be formed. Uh, international, junior, AHL. I we talked, we talked about it all this year. I think that weekend should just be a massive celebration of hockey. I... <sighs> There's a whole other thing about how the NHL should get into the Champions League that's over in Europe, but different day, oh, yeah. different show. Yeah, uh, We're going to get out of here for today. I am doing a little fun, casual watch along of game three tonight. If you want to watch Florida Vegas with me, should be, you know, a fun time or I'll make fun of the losing team the entire time because what do you think for tonight? Do you have a prediction? I mean, you're going to get Florida's best. That's, yeah. that's all I got. I don't know yeah. what the results going to be. <laughs> Bob's got to be better. That's all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Tune into that. We appreciate you. Jesse and Megan will be back Friday with a, a special guest, hopefully. Yep. And we will talk to you later. <laughs>